0: All right, welcome to Building Fighter. This is Alex Friedman, uh, strength coach in Denver, Colorado, joined by Austin Shane, a doctor of chiropractic in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, And this is the Building Fighter podcast. And Austin made me do the intro, which I'm super awkward at. Um, (laughs) We were just talking a little bit before the podcast, and we decided to just roll up the recording, talking about marketing, being active in the community, and, and just growing a small business in general. Um, so two things that Austin and I are both noticing is that a lot of our clients come from teams that we are part of and associated with, and for lack of a better term, bought in. Um, so like with me, I I train at Factory X in Englewood, Colorado. I train a lot of their pro team, but I also have a lot of the Gen Pop clients, um, because that's my training family, right? That's where I'm at with my practice. That's where, um, I'm bought into. So I think that goes a long way to speak to, um, the more like real connection and the more passion and the more like um, commitment that you have to a specific group, the more relationships you can build and the more eventual business that you're gonna get from that talking about like a small local business type of model real genuine interactions pay in the long run and they pay their dividends
1: Oh for sure um, that's and it's something that every single business book I've ever read, Always says the same thing. Every single mentor I've ever had always says the same thing before you start wasting money on Facebook ads, before you start wasting money on Google, Google search, like uh, SEO stuff before you start wasting money on all of these different things that quote unquote, have a high return on investment, build a community, get involved in your community, talk to people that are in your area before you try to hit them up online, because it's always going to it's always going to matter more it's always going to make a lasting impact if you make that relationship in person if you're a part of something people want to be a part of you right if you're not a part of that community they don't really care to try to pursue what you're doing and try to pursue the knowledge that you have because at the end of the day like i at the beginning of my career and i know me and alex have had this talk before you never want to you, you don't want to feel like you're selling you don't want to feel like you're trying to get somebody in by selling, but you do have knowledge. Like I'm not at this point in my career, I'm, I no longer feel like I'm selling a product anymore. I have knowledge. I'm trying to make people better. If they want my knowledge, they can come into the clinic and I, I can help them. If they don't mind all my knowledge, that's, that's hundred percent. Okay. But everything I'm doing is for the betterment of the person in front of me. It's not just for me at this point. But you always feel like, hey, when you go online, when you're only doing online marketing, when you're only doing um, all of these different like avenues that aren't being a part of a community and getting to know the person in front of you, you always feel like you're a seller. You're a seller. You're a salesman. And it kind of feels slimy. Like when I made
0: my first Facebook ad, I'll be real honest with you. It felt slimy as shit. <laughs> 100%. Like the, the online marketing or like the cold call type of feeling is exactly what you said, like selling and it's disingenuous. And I feel as though you're you're a lot better off, like you talked about being active in the community, like genuinely being part of whatever family or whatever um, organization you're with, like not going somewhere and trying to save face, hand out business cards and talk about my program is this and that. It's like going somewhere and like just observing practice or participating in practice or going to a game and like genuinely interacting with, the athletes and the coaches, and like caring about the team and the win or team and the the performance first, and then if you can help them out with your services in the back end, that's all the better. But um, I have the same relationship with the rugby group that I'm associated with, Queen City Rugby in Denver. I don't get a lot of their business because. I'm a quote unquote rugby guy or because I didn't have those, all this specific knowledge. I got out lot of business because I played on the team because I have a super good relationship with the coach. Um, we're personal friends. Like it's a relationship first and forward, I think approach that again, just offers a more real connection. And then you get um, you get people in because you can genuinely help them. And they feel that that real relationship versus a, this is a business transaction. It's something that I have to do. <laughs>
1: Right. And, and the other thing that I feel like always gets overlooked on the side of, we'll say, on the side of building a community and the side of like trying to focus on building not just your community, but the community around you, is that everybody that you talk to has their own little like thoughts on the matter, right? They have they have their own little piece of the pie. If you don't get to know what they want out of the equation, if you don't get to know what they want, how are you going to be able to better not just them, but everybody in the community? right? So, and the thought process is people that are similar to each other typically go in herds, right? If you don't get to know everybody individually, you don't get to know the general overall consensus of the area or the overall general consensus of the community. If you want to be a part of that community, if that's who you want to serve, because at the end of the day, we're a service industry, whether you're in healthcare, strength, conditioning, sport coaching, or dietetics, or you're a fighter, you're in the service industry, then if you don't know who you're trying to serve and what they want, you, you can't grow your business. You can't grow your practice. You can't serve more people at a higher level because you don't understand what the general consensus is, what the mindset
0: is. That exactly. said like people go in herds and I think knowing their wants and needs is, is huge and important, but I think and I just wrote about this on being a good strength coach is like a self audit, knowing yourself, mm-hmm. know what you have to deliver and where you bias, right? Because people go in hers, people probably gravitate towards you because there's a lot of similarity or because you associate with that group because you're a part of their group and you have a specific knowledge set. like, again, that's me at, at Factory X with some of the jump out people. Like I'm a part of the group. I practice the jujitsu, um, whatever in the practices with them. But I also have this specific skill set of knowing strength and and how to help them with their uh, jujitsu performance. So um, know yourself, audit yourself, do a a SWOT analysis, whatever you need to do to know yourself, know what clientele excite you, what um, you're going to give more of your time and effort to versus what something you're going to look at like, oh, I have to do that. But find your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, do that for yourself and then create a, a business plan or a strategy from there. To either you know create your own business or create more clients or do something like that, I think knowing yourself, both from a business self standpoint, but also from a coaching standpoint, is irreplaceable.
1: Sure, you're all on that SWOT analysis recently. When did
0: I say that? For what?
1: You said that in three or two of the last four podcasts. Uh, well, talking about
0: yeah. SWOT analyses, SWOT analysis. It's a, it's, it's a tool from my business
1: and like you oh, I
0: mean, you're going to cool, but not like the saw analysis was a nifty trick in business uh, classes that I learned that you can apply to yourself into your own personal business. So I don't know figure why not apply when I'm starting my own business.
1: No, hundred percent. And Something that, something that helped me a lot, something that I always look back to um, is the Start With Why book. Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's one of those things that you have to know your message, right? If you don't know your why, if you don't know why you're trying to help the people that you're trying to help, why you're trying to make an impact in the community, why you're offering the products that you're offering, how do you expect to A, sell or B, help people? Because if you don't know why you're doing it in the first place, well, then that, that's the basis for what you should be doing. You should have it. You should feel like you're you're purposed to do this. You should feel like this is what you should be doing with your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think articulating that is a unique skill set in itself, right? Like I had this stark realization the other day. I was talking to my wife, and she had sprained her ankle playing soccer or whatever, and then she was. Tell me all this research that she did about strength and conditioning and how she needed to do this, blah blah blah, and that. And it's like, have I never explained to you what I do for a living? <laughs> you know, like it was like it was a realization I had myself. It was like, am I bad at, at telling people what I do? You know, because like if the person closest mm-hmm. to me has doesn't have an understanding of my skill set and my knowledge base, then like how do the clients understand what I do, right? And so I think identifying that, being able to articulate it, and then. Um, packaging it in a, not a cheesy or, or any other type of way, but like being able to specifically articulate what you can provide for somebody is a huge skill set, especially in business.
1: Right. And everybody, like when I bring up like the start with why, or when I bring up the, um, what's the other one that I really like, um, story brand, building a story brand. That's another fantastic book that helps with understanding your message. Everybody's like, Oh, I don't need to read self-help self-help books. Oh, like I know those things internally. Oh, I already know these different things. That's cool. That's fine. Whatever you do. Cool. Maybe, maybe you do, maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't, whatever. But what those things do do is they allow do do, but they allow you to have a clear message, right? They allow oh. you to focus in on what's important. They allow you to create "quote unquote" build your story brand, tell your story, tell your story in an efficient manner that will. Either get people in your door, help more people, talk to different people, but it allows you to have a clear, concise message because just like you, Alex, like I went, I looked actually recently, like as of two days ago, I looked at my warrior sports wellness Instagram and I'm like, I looked through that and I'm like, nobody fucking knows what I do. None of these people yeah. know, I, none of these people really know I do healthcare. Like all of it's just me with my fighter. It's, it's more of a, honestly, it's more of a personal page than anything. It's just me with my fighters messing around, Showing some workouts and and then video or videos and photos from me at different UFC events or Bellator events. That's it. But that's not a clear, concise
0: message for what Warrior Sports Wellness offers. Oh man, yeah, we're pivoting to a huge hot button topic, especially for me and you, also, which is social media marketing. Hate it and hate branding. it with passion. I hate it, but it's again a necessary evil, like something that is worth engaging with and learning how to do well because it is such a powerful force in today's you know mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a good highlight on the Building a Fighter, you know, social media, Instagram, blog, whatever you have. I think we've done a really good job of like establishing who we are, um, mm-hmm. who me and you are, what services we provide, and what Building a Fighter is um, in that. Cause we, I mean, that's why you see, if you follow us, that's why you see every two or three months or two or three weeks, excuse me, or every month, like uh, who we are or like what we do or this type of, of branding stuff. Because again, we're really new, young business. Um, we're getting a lot of new people every month or what it is. So if somebody just finds our page, let's say we had like 50 new followers this week or whatever, or this month. Um, I think that who we are posts is going to reach them and establish that even further in their heads, even though you're seeing it for the third time, if you've been following us for four months. Right. But, and then you can just scroll by it and that's a minimum cost. Right. So, for sure. um, so I think that, 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 self-branding really, uh, really helps establish people's understandings of who you are. And then there's a place, a time and place for the workouts and, um, cool, like UFC Bell Tour posts, like yeah, that again, for
1: sure. But it shouldn't who be who the majority are. of what you're doing unless it's a personal page, right? Yeah. Um, let's pivot this into, I, I keep, get, it keeps coming back to the same topic of working with a certain population. How about we pivot this podcast into how do you get started working with combat athletes?
0: Sounds like you're trying to push, put, put baby in the corner. I don't like being put in a box, Austin. I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about.
1: That's cool, but they don't want to listen to what you want to talk about. So we're going to start talking
0: about. Oh, they, <laughs> they exclusively want to listen to what Austin wants to talk about. Isn't that how this goes, and Alex? I know, well, that's how you think it goes. That's how, that's how, isn't you that how life it. goes? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, well, see, you talk about what you want, and then I'll flow off of it. We don't have to we don't have to corner ourselves here.
1: Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, I put baby. Oh, I am bad. This is the
0: worst. All right, after a horrible <laughs> segue, we're going to talk about how you get started. In... <laughs> how do you get started in combat right. sports, Alex? How did I get started? Well, um, I think I identified three things uh, after I got out of school and done with my internship and everything. Um, and I actually joined Strength Coach Network, um, which has been a really phenomenal resource. I need to engage with it more, but it's run by Kieran Flat. And he's uh, just got a lot of good knowledge for, you know, strength coaching one-on-one and in connection with a lot of high-level strength coaches. But one, I forget if, I think it was a personal email that I exchanged with him. He said, identify three things that you have in order to your, start your business or find your niche, blah, blah, blah. It was like, um, what is the right population? Right. So with me, there's two pro fight teams. I work at a place that trains all the MMA fighters in Denver. Right. So right population in MMA fighters for me um, in Denver. Um, what do you have an unfair advantage of? Right. I wrestled for 16 to 20 years or whatever. I'm pretty good. Um, I have a really good understanding and knowledge of that subculture that's wrestling in MMA. Um, so I have an unfair advantage in understanding the demands of the sport and the culture of the sport. Um, and then the third thing is, what are you passionate about? Right. And I was like, I'm passionate about MMA wrestling, furthering athletic potential in those sports and uh, avoiding and reducing the risk of injury through training. Right. So I want people to be able to practice what I, and they love without getting hurt into a higher level because their physical performance is at a high li- level. Right. So. Once again, those three things. Austin said I could join.
1: (laughs) I thought you were on your phone earlier. Are we talking about mental health? No. Do you want to?
0: No. No. Suicide rates are up in
1: Colorado. Children's Hospital just announced that they need a bigger psych ward and that there's a mental health crisis for the children of Colorado. I got to go to work. Bye.
0: (laughs) See you later. Looks like Austin has some heavy editing to do in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. That's <laughs> yours. <laughs> anyway, oh, all right. three things. What's the end of your three things? Yeah. Once again, those three things were and are um, what's a ripe population, right? Something you can make a lot of money with or that um, you have availability to, something you have an unfair advantage with, you have a specific knowledge set, you specific skill set, or you're ahead in the marketplace through networking and things. Um, and what are you passionate about? Identifying and aligning those three. Uh, kind of prongs of the approach can help you decide and guide yourself into combat sports and uh, getting started in them.
1: Yeah. And I think the second one is something that people always don't like, they never want to lean into. Nobody ever wants to lean into their advantage. It seems like it's like everybody tries to take the hard way into things like, Oh, I want to learn a new skill. When in reality, they're like football player that's been playing football for 20 years. They don't, they don't want to work with football players. They want to work like fucking baller- ballerinas or some shit. Well, you have the in and the subculture of football. Why are you not just like leaning into that, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with, there's a lot of, actually, I know a lot of wrestlers that went into the healthcare field, but they don't necessarily want to get there. They're doing it the hard way. They're trying to work with either gen pop or work with a different subsection when in reality, this is an extremely untapped market
0: of combat sports. And I think it's, it's hard to identify because a lot of the times with wrestling specifically, yes, you have that unfair advantage in the knowledge set, but a lot of the times a wrestling population or MMA population is not a ripe population for you, right? Like look at professional MMA athletes compared to other, you know, sports and athletes, like the monetary motivation is not always there right? Because you're not going to train MMA athletes for that, that, you know, um textbook price that you're going to train an NFL athlete for or something. Right. So sometimes it, it becomes hard there because the the money's not really aligning with your quote unquote ripe population. But again, yeah, that's something that if you find that opportunity, you need to identify and expose it.
1: Well and that's a good that's a very good point talking about the SNC side of, of MMA and just being honest with everybody listening, right? The SNC side of MMA is is typically going to be a volume game. not a, not a, um, like a one-on-one game for the most part. It's, it's, you're working with a team. You're working with a conglomeration of people you're working with at minimum 10 to 15 people. That's, that's going to be what you have to, unless you're working with the upper, 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 upper echelon where you're working with the people that are making the one fifties and one fifties, the two hundreds and two hundreds, right? Outside of that, in order for, for you to to work full-time with professional MMA, you're going to have to play the volume game for the most part. And that's just something you need to know. That's where the sport's at right now, unfortunately, is you wish that you could treat them like you would treat an NFL player. And that doesn't mean you don't give them the same standard of care. Because I feel like when people hear the volume game, people always expect, oh, the standard of care is going to be worse. That's not necessarily true. It's just how do you prioritize your time as the strength coach, as the healthcare worker, as the dietitian, that can best benefit the most amount of people, knowing that the only way to help the most amount of people is to make sure that you're comfortable
0: as the service provider in the first place. Well, yeah. And I think that that's kind of strength and conditioning one-on-one too, because from the outset, and especially my background in the university setting, like you're set at an unfair situation in athlete to coach uh, ratios anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's super hard if, especially like if I have, even if I have 40 MMA athletes in my whole schedule, like it's hard to individualize and create that program. But that's when you just have to prioritize your time and be super on top of your programming and planning and, um, you know, be very diligent about what you're doing, what you did last, uh, session, how you're progressing that and just take notes, um, And we'll give a shout out, like True Coach has helped me immensely with that. I used to exclusively program on Excel, create spreadsheets, print out everybody's paper um, sheet. And we would fill out and I kept very good track of what we were doing. But now, um, for a couple of different reasons, I do all my programming on True Coach, right? And it's easy for me Mm -hmm. to follow. I create new programs, I create new clients, blah, blah, blah. But I can have that, have my phone in my hand Mm -hmm. and enter their weight into my phone, live in the session, right. Instead okay. of using a pen and paper and putting it down, but um, it, shoots yeah, you cool. out,
1: it shoots you out a graph of their, if, if you have variables that you have in there that we're tracking, it shoots you out a graph to show objective improvements.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, troop coach has been pretty, pretty valuable in that sense of the thing, but getting started with combat athletes, I think is a huge niche thing, especially if you have a lot of experience with combat athletes, Um, but I don't think let's give a
1: shout out real quick to one, of one of our long, (laughs) long time listeners, uh, of the show is Rossi Bruno, Rossi Bruno's he's his on Instagram movement methods. We're actually going to get him on here soon. We just got to figure out a time, um, that works for all of us, but he just graduated Cairo school. He's kind of wanted to get into the performance care field for, um, for combat sports, but first five time state champ in Florida history. I think you, I don't, I don't know how many all Americans he had, but wrestled at Michigan. I think too, I, I don't really know. I don't know his whole history, but I know the dude's a dog, like mm-hmm. he's a killer. And, and he's one of the perfect examples of he's going to rise to the top level of performance care at such a faster rate because he leaned into what he was good at. And it just so happens that what he, his niche from what he had also pairs up with his passion. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing is your niche. The, the, the reason why people typically in my experience don't lean in, to their past is that that's not their passion moving forward. Like we have a buddy, Eric Tui, we wrestled with him uh, at UW lacrosse. He's a doctor. He's going into physiatry uh, as a, as a medical doctor. He very easily could lean into the combat sports world. He can do injections there. He can do like pain injections. He can do stem cell. He can do PRP, all these different things. I don't think that's what he's going into, but I don't know if that's it's. And I haven't talked to Eric recently, but I don't think that's his passion moving forward is working with that population. I'm saying that Rossi's the perfect example of when passion meets past and you put them together, he's going to go up the ladder so much faster and move to, and help a lot more people in the combat sports community. Cause he has the inherent buy-in of, Oh, this dude was a killer wrestler. And it just so happens that he's an extremely intelligent individual that can get his point across and help the population that he also was a great athlete. in.
0: Right. And I, I do kind of want to like dispel that the myth that you just brought up like um in that case 100 percent. like you're a great wrestler and it happens to be that you're a great practitioner as well like right yeah great sports performance yeah. does not always make you a great coach <laughs> <I just laughs> Correct. Put that, put that out there into the world <laughs> because like i feel like i've gained an unfair advantage from that too like a lot of people that i train with like I- i'm relatively good on the map right i'm not uh, again i wrestle d3 and i didn't even go to nationals or whatever. But I'm relatively good on the mat. And I've got clients because I was good on the mat. Now it helps that I'm a good S C coach as well, but I could very easily be a bad SC coach to have the same business, right? Um, so good athlete doesn't always make a great coach, but it certainly can help you in your endeavors as you, you know, progress through the field. Um And also what Austin is saying is about your niche matching up with your passion moving forward. Uh, I do want to say it's okay if those things don't match up, Mm -hmm. right? But don't try and force them, right? If if those two things don't match up, you need to either build a skill set that matches your passion moving forward and start ingraining that. And that's an understanding of where you're at with your skill sets. Like one of my skill sets, like I love to draw and do art, (laughs) if I wanted to make that a career, I'd have to go back to square one and start at the bottom of the totem pole, try and build that skill set to actually be a professional. Um, I'm not going to do that, so it's not my career, right? So I think that's that's an important understanding of yourself that you have to have. Like if if the passion that you want to make a career doesn't match up with a like a prior skill set, understand that you need to build the skill set to match your passion. Like passion in itself is great, but it's not always enough. That makes sense. No, for
1: sure, and. And you're right, but for the point of this podcast, to put this podcast in a vacuum, sure. we're talking about business, right? Putting baby in a Would, corner again. Of course, um, I'm just trying to speak in absolutes here because I know All that's right. your favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but for for the point of this podcast, do you think that it is easier to start your business in
0: the niche? That you came from, yeah. But if you hate it, what's the point? Money. I know a lot of people that have money that aren't happy.
1: No, and that's. But that's not the thing. It's starting a business in something to get your feet on the ground, to get your feet underneath you, and then you can pivot from there. Yeah, I absolutely. would argue that starting. Say you come from a college wrestling background. You're a D1 wrestler, and you're a strength mm-hmm. coach, and you're actually an adequate strength coach. You're just not somebody that just got out of D1 wrestling. They have a business degree, and they decide to go into SNC just because they want to work with wrestlers. I would say that it would be worth it's worth the time to try and help the wrestling community because you know, you can make an instant impact or at least make an instant, um, um, in- An instant impact, that's the right words. And then from there, you can figure out your niche from there and your passion moving forward. But I feel like so many people get stuck in paralysis by analysis that they don't necessarily know their passion. They just know this might not be it, that they don't start in the first place. And that's what I'm trying to get across is you got to start somewhere. You might as well start with that thing that you were really fucking good at and then figure out your passion
0: as you go along. Sure, I can agree with that point. Good. (laughs) But uh, my point too, though, is like, if if you are to a point where you've identified your passion and it's not right whatever you right. have your history in then you know you don't need to continue to chase the the whatever the back sure chase it for the monetary
1: value of something you're not passionate about
0: right and i mean there's i don't know sometimes and again that's the, another myth too like sometimes money does bring you happiness but anyway um you know we're getting outside of boston's cute little box um, what helped you start in combat sports, Austin? I mean, and you, I think you're a, you're an outlier in yourself, but yeah. uh, you go ahead and share what helped you start in combat sports. Uh, you want me to be honest?
1: Is I don't really know. Um, it's always, I don't I know. know well, I don't know where it started, to be honest with you. it's It was something, what I'm doing right now is something that I knew I was going to do since the time I was 14 years old.
0: That right there is exactly why
1: but I don't know how, or I don't know why. I, I don't know what it came to me. It was just something that I knew I was going to do and it was my passion. And there was no like one moment that pushed me towards it or anything like that. It was just, but even that, I had a feeling, it's,
0: it's a, that's a super early identification, yeah. right? Like, I don't know, I'm sitting here 27 years old and like, I feel like I still may not know what I want to do. Right. <laughs> like, like I'm in the field that I'm very passionate about right now, but like, I, I, I genuinely, I've been thinking about this, like, more recently, but like I don't know if I when I'm fifty-five, I don't know if this is gonna be the career that's got me, you know, to where I want to be. Yeah. Well,
1: your boy's where, gonna be a senator by then.
0: Again, you know that shit. So um that's something that I think sets you apart is that you've identified that very early and you've had a specific target to work towards.
1: Yeah. And and it it has helped and and you're right. I I am the outlier. It's weird to talk about when I act like I normally. I'm okay talking about myself, but this is something I haven't been able to put put a grasp on. We'll say because I don't know why it happened. Like normally, I can point to different things. Like like I've told the story. I don't know if I've told the story on here before. Um, like why I'm such a why I would be considered a high achiever by by some for at 26 is I could pin it back to one thing. And I got off the mat. It was seventh grade, literally seventh grade team duels in ikwf mm. or in the semifinals i'm wrestling zach denny this kid from harlem uh he was last year and and he was a seventh graders year above me i was in seventh grade he was in eighth grade he took second in kids state i go out there i fuck this kid up i think i be i think I, I i actually not think i know i beat him 14 to one i get off the mat and this is going to sound terrible if you're not from the wrestling community. So I'm sorry, but I get off the mat and my coach, Hector Gomez, who I love, he's like a second dad to me, lifted me up by my singlet against the wall, looked me dead in my eyes and said, you're fucking pathetic. You should have him. And from that, and that sounds terrible to say, but from that moment on, that's why I have the killer instinct that I have in every part of life. That's why I'm such a high achiever because we're not here to win. We're here to dominate. And that's how I see every part of my life. So I can pin stuff back to one point. A lot of the times I can do that for different things. That's, that's just one instance, this thing with combat sports and why I love combat sports so much. I don't, I can't pin it back to something. And some, and the reason why I'm going into the story is I know there's people like me out there and it's not just combat sports. It's, you just feel inherently that this is something you have to do. This is something that you, that you feel like you were born to do as dumb as that sounds and as evangelical as that sounds, but it's cool when it lines up and it's cool when you get to do that thing. And that thing is what provides for your family. So why I wanted to bring that up is lead into that shit. Like if you feel passionate about something, it doesn't need to be combat sports. It could be gymnastics. Maybe you weren't even a gymnast, but you just know for whatever reason, you understand that lean into that. Don't be afraid that just because you were 14 and people tell you, Oh, you're not going to do that. You many fucking times people told me I wasn't going to do that. They told me that while I was like, coaches have told me that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go do things I was going to do people. I respected say, oh, you're dreaming a little bit too big or you're doing X and Y. Like that's a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Like if you feel passionate about something, even if you are 13, 14, 15, do that shit and trust yourself because that's a feeling that you shouldn't
0: overlook. Absolutely. And I feel like there's a, there's like an underlying assumption that like, if you, if you're passionate enough enough and you're committed enough, like you're going to find a way you know you're going to find a way to make it successful regardless um and it, again speaks to your your dedication and your your ambition to it because when you make a decision especially like uh, again when i think about my life when i make a decision that i'm going to do something like it's non-negotiable to be unsuccessful at it yep. right you're going to make it happen regardless if you have to you know negotiate here make a modification or um, except this said bar circumstance or whatever. Like, and I am willing to bet, like, as you're becoming a doctor and as you're had, this is, is your niche marketplace. People are like, Oh, there's no money in that. There's no way you can make a business out of that. Every single Uh,
1: person I talk to.
0: Exactly. And it's like, well, you know, sure. That can be your take on it, but I'm going to find a way to make it work. Right. (laughs) So that's, it's interesting too, like the level of passion and dedication you have to something Um, And again, that can be a blessing and a curse, right? It can make you who you are, but it can also, you know, stick some people in a very unsuccessful rut, but they're passionate about it. So they keep doing it. All right. So
1: don't get me wrong. I have some rough days. Like I have, I have some dark days where I'm like, is the, is that I question myself and that's, I'm fine saying that, but Mm -hmm. it's healthy to question yourself. It's healthy to question stuff. But the reason, the reason how, you know, you're on the right path. The reason how, you know, your passion is you're really truly passionate about something is when you have five of those really dark days in a row. And if you don't know if you're going to be able to pay your bills and you're still excited to go to work on Monday
0: dude (laughs) that's how you know i can't tell you how many times i've asked myself like is strength and conditioning the thing that i should be doing you know like is this one like and i think again the reason that you get a lot of knowledge in your field is because of that doubt like you know i I, i've every once in a while i have a little spell it's like does strength and conditioning even really make a difference like is what i'm doing does that matter um so i question myself super hard on that and then i become a better coach because i further investigate and research but then um You know, it's the other side of the coin too. It's like, can I make this feasible? Like, does this, is this going to provide a healthy life for my family and for myself? Can I make that work? And it's like passion is endeavoring to make it work and not just giving up and taking what's easy, you know, or taking the, some God forsaken desk job.
1: Yeah. No. And it's, it's something that not everybody makes it too. That's yeah. a, that's a frustrating thing. And you'd ever want to think about that, but not everybody makes it, but typically the people that are passionate and the people that also have the skills are the ones that do. So those are the two things you can control. You can control those variables. You can control uh, the excitement, the passion that you exude. You can yeah. also control the knowledge that you t- intake and the knowledge that you expel. So as long as you can control those two variables, Guess what? If you're working your hardest, you're probably gonna make it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So start off with some some business sense. I mean, as much business sense as me and you have, yeah. and then turn into kind of a passion and aligning that with your your business niche type of podcast. But I think there's there's good information in there um, for maybe you know people that are younger and, and trying to start on their own. But um, let us know what
1: you think. Well, yeah, this is uh, if I had to title this and say this is for the students out there. This is for the people getting into the field, trying to figure out what they want to do and figure out the niche they want to go
0: into. Sure. yeah. And I've talked to a lot of people like starting off in like human performance at a university or whatever. And it's like it's like and I feel like I want to always share that with people because it it was shared very minimally with Mm -hmm. me. But like it's a tough career. Like it's not for everyone and it's not. You know, guaranteed money-making is not guaranteed. Um, happiness is not, it's hard work and there's a lot of labor to it. There's a lot of, it, training and conditioning is an interesting thing. And sorry, this is the last little tangent. Like it's really easy to get in the field. It's really hard to be good in the field.
1: Yes. Yeah. You
0: know, so it um, takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy. But it's unfortunately the pay is not that different from just getting into the field to being good at the field. So that's a, a distinction you have to make for yourself as a businessman. But for sure, change it over. All right, dude, you did the intro. You got to do the outro. Oh man. So, um, well, I mean, like I said, I think this is some good information for you, especially if you're starting off in the field. But um, that's what we got for Building a Fighter Podcast. Uh, check out our website. Check out us on social media, Instagram, Building a Fighter. Um, we're putting out new content and putting out a lot of stuff just to, again, help you and make you guys better, build a good community. So we can do this whole, um, preparation for combat sports so we can make that a better paradigm because it is pretty new and, um, it can use some improvement. So we're putting good stuff out there for you guys. We do a lot of individual programming, team programming. Um, we're a good resource for your wrestling team, for some of your MMA teams. If you don't have that strength and conditioning resource, um, reach out to us. Send us an email, do whatever you need to, to get in contact with us um, and share this, like, subscribe, leave a review, whatever you got to do, however you got to do it. I'm not the big tech guy. So uh, talk to Austin about that, but share us with your friends so we can become with them, become friends with them. Uh, this is Building a Fighter. It's Alex Friedman. Back to Austin Shane. We are out. Dope.